0: Hello, I'm your host, Aaron Ripmaster. Welcome to the Man Cave, where joining me tonight for Diz Dads podcast are Chris Papchek. Hello, Diz Dads. Dustin Hertz.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: And Terry Hawkins.
2: I have no rum, but I have pie. (laughs) Why is the rum gone?
0: Well, now tonight we're shifting gears, so I guess it's appropriate that uh, Terry's changing gears on us as well. We're turning our attention to the other side of Orlando and taking a longer look for the first time in a while at the, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, Original 3 Universal Orlando Resort on-property hotels. Um, Now, before we get to that discussion, I do want to thank our podcast sponsor, Fantastic Memories Travel home of several universal orlando resort specialist agents. You can check them out at fantasticmemoriestravel.com. Um okay, so you know I I referred to these hotels as as the original 3, sometimes the big 3. Um and and the reason obviously for for you know trying to find a way to refer to them all together is that for no reason that makes any that that I've been able to get any explanation from anybody that makes any sense as of uh, basically the opening of Cabana Bay. Universal changed the way they categorize their resorts, right? So Disney does the deluxe moderate value. Um, Universal had its own set of definitions. And as of right now, they categorize the Lowe's Portofino Bay Hotel and the Hard Rock Hotel as premier on-site hotels. The Lowe's Royal Pacific Resort and the Lowe's Sapphire Falls Resort are categorized as preferred on-site hotels. And then Cabana Bay Beach Resort and the new Aventura Hotel are categorized as prime value resorts. But it's very difficult to talk about them based on those divisions. Um, And so I guess what I wanted to start with here, just to give people some context to help them understand sort of why we try to talk about these original three hotels together. And I don't know, maybe we can take a stab at figuring out what Universal's marketing team was thinking um, when they divided them this way. So, um, you know, Dustin, I know you've kind of stayed all around at at all three properties. So, um, you know, give it a shot right what is it about these three hotels um, or or if you can give me anything what what is it that makes Royal Pacific preferred instead of premier like Portofino Bay and Hard Rock
1: right that's the the biggest question for when they changed it the only the only thing I can see is to to keep a price point in between the somewhat of the the upper tier there and sapphire falls but still offer some of the premier premier perks that you can get to where it's still more accessible and then maybe they just don't have to put as much necessarily as much effort into the extra amenities as they can for the premier hotels
0: well you know actually that that i hadn't really Thought about it, but I, I'm I'm inclined to to sort of lean towards the idea that they're grouping them this way because they didn't have a good place to put Sapphire Falls, right? Th- than it is that that you know Royal Pacific belongs separated from Hard Rock and and Portofino Bay because the the one thing that Sapphire Falls shares with these other hotels is that it also has water taxi service available but aside from that just about every other amenity royal pacific shares with the premier hotels not with sapphire falls now as we get into the discussion of of the individual hotels um you know arguably there's sort of a a qualitative difference at at royal pacific um the rooms aren't as large primarily Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll get into more of that, I think, when we get into specific hotels. So I guess maybe it'd be more helpful to focus on those commonalities and, and why we're talking about them together. Um, so, uh, you know, Terry, what's one of the important benefits of these three hotels for staying on site at Universal Orlando Resort?
2: Well, I think the, the biggest perk to them, other than they're all beautiful hotels, is the access to the parks and your fast pass system.
0: <laughs> right. Right. So the universal express pass, um, and, and talk for a minute about how it's different from, you know, Disney's fast pass system that we're all used to.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the express pass is usable. Uh, you, you go into an express lane at, whatever ride you want now, they, they used to be more restrictive. They've changed that. Was that changed just this last summer?
0: So uh, it's common when it's common when something brand new opens for them to exclude whatever's newest. So the things in the wizarding world, um, attractions in the wizarding world world were excluded from express pass for, for a couple of years. Um, but now all of those are included. Um, And I don't know, guys, anybody familiar, you know, um, if there are are currently um, any attractions that are excluded from Express Pass?
1: I believe the uh, Tarot on Flyers is the only thing that that doesn't really have it.
0: Okay. (laughs) Which has its own weird restrictions just because it's a, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they won't let me ride it.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, because you're too big and your kids are probably too small and.
3: Well, it's, I didn't even have my kids when I went and I
0: was well, like, yeah. wait a second, this looks like
3: a lot of fun. Why can't I ride it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's got incredible restrictions on both ends. Can't be too big. Can't be too small. And it all, even at that, it, it is incredibly slow loading. So it's throughput is basically so low that they can't use express pass because it would be a waste. Um, yeah, so so at this point, um, I, I think Express Pass is usable everywhere. I mean, a, any place that there is um, um, any place that you could imagine wanting to use <laughs> Express as- access to an attraction, um, and and you know, I, I I think that one of the biggest things that separates it from FastPass is that it, it's it's not just open season. Not everybody has access to Express Pass.
3: No, uh, you got to pay for it or you got to stay in one of uh, the premier or
0: – what are we calling them? Well, premier now that's just or it. preferred hotel. This is why it drives me crazy. You can't just stay at a premier or preferred hotel. You have to stay at one of the big three. Sapphire Falls does not get free express pass. Oh. A I lot of people it. assumed it did because they categorized it as preferred. It does not.
3: Oh, so the big three we're discussing tonight do yes, exactly. And they get the unlimited express pass, right. as opposed to there. And there's two tiers of those passes. There's one for one uh, one-time use or unlimited use. Right.
0: So talk talk a little bit about that. So the, there are two ways, as you said, to get express pass. You can stay at, at one of these three hotels, or you can purchase it. And if you're purchasing it, there are two different passes you can buy um what what's the what's the difference there
3: so one of the passes um for the single use allows you to uh single use express pass uh all the attractions in the park once um for a lower price point than the unlimited and it's usually differentiated from about 20 dollars. right right and so you can get, and and of course, then that's also based on the time of year and the day you're going. So it'll be, it can range from anywhere from for the single use. I think I saw anywhere from sixty to eighty dollars, and then the unlimited could be, range could range from um, eighty to a hundred dollars, uh, depending on the time of year and how busy it's going to be. So a lot of times, if you're accounting for that in your uh, in your trip that sometimes would be uh, beneficial to stay at one of these properties where it's all included. Right. Especially if you're going to be buying multiple of those where then it'll start adding up very quickly.
0: Right. Right. So there's, there's the big deal with express pass. It's an added cost. If you're not in one of these three hotels and it's per person, right? So, you know, you've got a family for are you're you're paying um, an extra, $120 $120 in your, and it's per day. So it's per person per day it adds up in a hurry. Now, um, you know, Dustin, in your experience, um, how how much of a difference does visiting Universal Orlando with Express Pass, uh, you know, make versus trying to to visit the park without it?
1: Well, After doing, you know, using the Universal Express Pass, we pretty much had to change up how we travel because we enjoy (laughs) the Express Pass so much. Because we used to always do Universal first and then go to Disney to stay at Disney and experience that magic and have that end our trip on. But we would get get spoiled by the Express Pass that we had to switch it up and do Disney first. And now we do Universal second because you have staying at the resort, the Unlimited Express Pass and you don't have to book times for anything. If there's a ride you want, you just go to it and go on the express line. Yeah. And you you it's just repeat, you know. We have young kids and you know as soon as you get off Spider-Man or any of those other rides, daddy I want to go on that again. And since you have the express, just go right back on, short wait and you're right back on the ride.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And and you do get spoiled by it because I mean, not only is it no reservations, not only is it, you know, it's not even like a, a the old paper fast pass system where you have to pull a pass and get a return time. It's just go get in the line. But on top of all of that, they are just a smaller proportion of the people in the park who have access to it. So it really does cut down on those wait times in very substantial ways.
1: Absolutely. Especially, you know, Universal more so has an off-season than Disney. But when we go, when school's in session, majority of the rides, it's a five-minute wait in the express line.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, and and the the, the real impact is going to be, I mean, we were, um, you know, at, at Universal um, last summer. And in the middle of summer, you know, it's summer vacation, parks were busy, and – we noticed it. Um, you know, there were still at that time a few attractions that were, were not yet taking um, Express Pass. And um, – well, actually, I take that back. Um, they, they opened up the Wizarding World to Express Pass right before our trip. But but where I really noticed it um, was on the King Kong attraction. Because um, when, when my son and I went to go ride uh, Kong, I mean, there's no way. I wouldn't have even gotten in the line if if there was no um, Express Pass available. Because it was just too hot. It wouldn't have done it.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. The the heat there can be really tough. It, so, some of those rides don't have the best cues.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and, actually, uh, Kong's is better so than the most because a good chunk of it is indoors and it's, it's darker and cool because it's setting a stage for, you know... Sort of a, a, almost a bunker <laughs> that you're entering, but but even at that, I mean, it just, you know, it was very crowded. It was slow moving uh, line, and I mean, I just kept looking back at the people who weren't in the express pass line, and and you know, pitying them. <laughs>
1: Right, not, not to get too far off topic, but Kong is good with Express if your kid's uncertain of the, the scariness of the queue, and since Kong has the scare actor in the queue that can jump out and interact with you, oh right right. when you go through the Express, you bypass that. So I know it helped for my son that he didn't have to worry about that, my wife too, for that matter, because she didn't want to get scared in line either.
0: Yeah, no, I, I didn't even realize that, and I'm glad... Now that I know it, I'm glad we were in the express line because, uh, yeah, my my 11 year old does not enjoy jump scares. <laughs> that could have been bad. Um, all right, so so that's that's a big one. There are a few other benefits of those on site hotels, though that that maybe don't get as much attention um, that are worth noting as well. So, um, oh, you know, sure. Chris, are there any other yeah. uh, on site hotel amen or uh, bonuses that that you think are worth mentioning?
3: Oh, yeah. One that I was very excited for when I had booked my uh, recent trip to uh, uh, Royal Pacific. Um, you get that extra um, hour in Hogsmaid or Diagon Alley. I think it switches up, but when I went, it was for Hogsmaid. So um, getting that extra hour for only hotel guests uh, really allows you to experience uh, the the Harry Potter uh parts of the park for um with a lot less people, a lot less crowded. So it, it it it's a lot calmer experience and then of course you're getting on the major rides there uh with little to no wait at all. And you still get to go through the f- full queue, so that's really um that's a really nice benefit there first thing in the morning. You
2: you also get access into Volcano Bay an hour early. Um yeah in addition to the Harry Potter stuff. So that that is a huge benefit, like Chris was saying.
3: Oh yeah. You can knock out all the big slides without having to worry about the virtual queue. Um, and waiting two, three, four hours to go on a slide. That'd be huge.
0: Yeah. Now the, the, the early park admission benefit, uh, that one to me is a little misleading because The Express Pass, you have to stay at one of these three hotels in order to get that benefit. That early admission is shared by all of the Universal on-site hotels, plus many of the Universal partner hotels that are off-site hotels will allow that early admission. Now, um, that one, it's still confusing, right? Because they'll let you in early, but the shuttle that they run from those hotels often won't actually get to Universal (laughs) before park opening, so, so, if you wanna actually use that early admission benefit when you're staying off site um it can be you gotta get there
3: yourself, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna take
0: some logistics work um but um sort of the the real secret that uh you know sort of uh i don't know even even those of us in the trade, I think didn't quite realize it um but it's now true that um any universal admission ticket purchased through the travel uh, sales channel like the the um travel trade so you get them from a travel agent they all include early admission little secret um and it's not any particular agency or anything like that that gets the bonus it's just anything sold through the travel trade channel um includes the early admission benefit
2: oh wow that that's nice yeah you should you should broadcast that on a podcast or something.
0: I thought I might mention it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I'm I'm still one to say that that you know the, the early admission benefit is nice, and as Chris mentioned, you know, getting to to do the um, Wizarding World attractions, you know, go through the regular queues and and really get the whole rich experience, but still with somewhat smaller lines is still great. Um, I almost wish they would go back to restricting that a little more because I think sometimes those relatively small lands can get overwhelmed first thing in the morning. And it kind of, uh, you know, makes that benefit sometimes feel a little less valuable. I don't know, Dustin, you agree with that?
1: Somewhat because everybody rushes to the same area that it's not like where if the whole park was open, the crowd might disperse a little bit more, but the area you're in, it's still going to feel crowded you just won't have to wait as long, but that also, because typically they'll run both lines early, the express and regular. So you could still take advantage of your express early in the morning, even, you know, if if you do find a large number of people are in there from the other hotels.
0: Oh, uh, okay. That's a good point. Good point. Um, there's a, another benefit that is unique to the big three hotels that I think even people who stay in these hotels often don't realize they have available to them. Um, Did you guys know that when you stay at these – those any of those – these three hotels that we're talking about tonight, the um Portofino Bay, Hard Rock, or Royal Pacific, you get priority seating at most sit-down restaurants? Yep. You, you go up to the podium I- – Go ahead, talk about it.
3: Oh, so um, as you you kind of can just use your. So you can either use the concierge service; they'll they'll send you a text message on your phone, and you can actually just make the reservations through that. Or you can go up to the booth or you know, like uh, any of the uh, the host stands, uh, present your room key, and uh, generally your your wait times will be uh, less uh, during uh, peak times you won't have to wait that, you know, generally you'll be bumped up to the front as long as, you know, no other hotel guests are waiting before you.
0: Right, right. So that's the big deal. So so a good chunk, I mean, it, the the Disney or Universal uh dining reservations, it, there's not this frenzy for reservations like there is at Walt Disney World. Uh, a lot more walk-up dining. And so basically what happens is, you know, they keep a um a check-in list, and they, you know, have people they bring to their tables based on that order. But if you come in, you flash your hotel key. They they essentially keep a second list of hotel, you know, guests of those three hotels, and though that that queue gets exhausted before they move on to the queue of everybody else.
2: That's a real nice, uh, nice benefit. I had no idea about that until uh, you guys just mentioned that.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, uh, not we that had, it would have
2: helped us. We didn't need it when we were, when we went, we got seated pretty quickly. I think at, uh, at all the restaurants we went to, but it's nice to know for the future.
0: Well, I mean, I heard people complaining. We went to, um, to some chocolate factory for a meal while we were there this past summer. And, um, I think, you know, the, the, it was a big draw cause that, you know, they've got the great ice cream stuff for dessert and it was hot and all that stuff. Uh, and, you know, I'd, I had heard people just kind of in passing around City Walk complaining about waiting 45 minutes for a table at, at Toothsome, And I think we waited 15 because um, we were just jumped to the, the head of the line.
3: However, I had a much different experience at Cowfish. Really? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know what happened. We presented our room key um, and it was just apparently a crazy night and i think we waited almost an hour when originally we were told 20 25 minutes ouch yeah well that's it was a rough night but yeah it, it it was unfortunate i can't i can't attest that that's every time but that just happened to be our particular experience
0: yeah no that i mean terry and i didn't have any problem getting seated at at cowfish
3: yeah and it was just the wife and i so you know it wasn't like we had a big group
0: um, all right well you know the other resort benefits are are fairly common the ones you would expect from a theme park resort um you know the, the same kinds of things that you find um, across the way at at Disney um you know the on-property transportation back and forth shuttle buses and things um you can charge you're using your room key charge uh, purchases back to your room they'll you know take your purchases and and um deliver them to your your resort for you so you don't have to carry them around the park. Uh, you know, all those kinds of things. Pretty standard. So the ones that I think we've mentioned are the ones that, that really stand out. And then they like to talk a lot about their complimentary water taxi service, which is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, the, the water taxi is a lot of fun uh, as long as there's no thunder and lightning. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, it is pretty good. <laughs> now, from, from Hard Rock, you're usually faster to just walk. Yes. Than than wait for the taxi. But it's an awfully nice way to go back to the hard rock <laughs> when you're when your your feet are sore and you're tired and that. So
0: Yeah. Well, and, and maybe I mean that kind of is gonna be a good segue to help lead us into talking a little bit more in detail about each of these hotels because you know, it, it seems to me that Traditionally, the way that these hotels priced out was, you know, Royal Pacific was the least expensive of the 3, Hard Rock was in the middle, and Portofino Bay was the most expensive. It was the the most luxurious, has the biggest rooms. Over the last couple of years, it's shifted a little bit, and Royal Pacific is still the least expensive of the 3, but Portofino Bay is now most often less expensive than Hard Rock. Hard Rock has become the most expensive. Now, um, part of that is because it just was recently renovated. Um, there was a refurbishment at, at uh, Rural Pacific in 2016. Last year, they finished up at, at Hard Rock, and they're currently in progress at, at Portofino, so that will address you know some of those issues with Portofino, but – it's really the walking access that I think has flipped the pricing more than anything else. Um, you know, Dustin, you've had the experience, you stayed at all three. Talk about the difference in the walk to the parks. You know, you've got Royal Pacific and, and hard rock and then a very different experience from Portofino.
1: Right. Hard rock, you know, that, that makes it our first choice just because it's five minutes or less from walking out of the door of the hotel to where you're at the front of of the park you know see you really can't beat just how close it is it's butted up right next to you know universal studios to where there's hardly we we never really took the boat just because it was much more convenient just to walk coming from royal pacific it's a little bit longer you know 10 or 15 minute walk still but they have you know nice shaded paths for for you know all, all the pathways to walk to get to to the parks are all nice shaded covered so it's not overly hot but Royal Pacific just puts you out on the islands of adventure side so it can be a little long if you have to walk all the way to to the studios so right right there you could take take the boat if you wanted to and didn't want to do the long walk Portofino we would always just take the boat. <laughs> boats come so, so, so frequently that there was never never a wait to where, you know, because that one's going to be a little bit longer than Royal Pacific. So maybe you're looking at a 20-minute walk. And if you have a long day in the parks or are coming from a long day in the parks, a 20-minute walk isn't something you really look forward to.
0: Yeah, right. I would agree. I mean, it's just basic geography, right? You've got you know, your main path that leads – you know, down through City Walk, uh, in between the two parks, Hard Rock Hotel is on one side of that path. Royal Pacific is on the other side of that path, and Portofino is on the other side of Hard Rock. So, you know, you've got to walk basically, you know, the the length of Hard Rock, and then go down the path to the parks instead of going straight to the parks like you can from, from Hard Rock. And I, I really think that that has had the biggest impact on the room pricing because they really have marketed heavily that that easy walkability um, to the parks. And I know that for us, it makes a huge difference. And as, much, as nice as the extra space in the rooms at Portofino is – it's kind of a hard sell, you know, to convince the family that that it's worth spreading out in the hotel room as opposed to the more convenient walk to the parks. Um, all right, well, let's, let's start talking about the the hotels themselves and, and maybe start with Portofino, um, just because I have a feeling we may have the, the least that we want to talk about it, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's, as I mentioned, um, at least when built the whole idea was that it was the, the sort of flagship luxury hotel. Um, you know, Terry, take a stab at, at describing what Portofino Bay is.
2: Well, it, I think it's very Italian. Um, it, it looks, it looks like a, uh, a, a collection of Italian villages, buildings kind of put together. Um, and it's as easy to get lost in as that sounds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's as easy to get lost in as an Italian village. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a
2: it's a little bit crazy, a little bit all over, but it's it's gorgeous. Um, they've got a wonderful beach pool there uh, that uh, we did not make it to when we were there, um, but it uh, uh, looks gorgeous. The all the pools, if I'm reminded of uh, like the Bellagio or um, that in Vegas, Uh you know, they've got that grand Italian look to the to the pools and to the building. Um, The. the, They offer all the services, they've got kids camps, they've got spa, uh, uh, you know, they've got their fitness club and all that. Right, we were pretty busy, so we didn't <laughs> take in any of that stuff. But uh, you know, it it it's a gorgeous place to go and relax. It it's the one Universal Hotel that I've seen that I could go and just stay there and have a wonderful visit, a wonderful stay in a in a beautiful resort, and uh, not necessarily go into go into a park.
0: Oh, interesting point. Yeah, I mean the, the rooms are huge. The standard room at Portofino Bay is four hundred and fifty square feet. Um, and that's that's as big as the biggest standard room at Walt Disney World. Um I, I don't know that there's anything at Walt Disney World that that's any larger than that, um, as a standard room. Um and and they are, they're they're very luxuriously appointed. Um the kids' suites are cool. Right. They have they have some cool um uh only a few of them, but uh kid suites that have uh really great despicable me, you know, minion uh theming that's really cool. But um I don't know, other than that, uh anybody else have a, a selling point for uh Portofino Bay?
2: Well, I just like to add, you know, that the the club space there was really nice. Oh, that's right. You know, we really enjoyed that space. Um, they had uh, uh, things out for breakfast and and snacks and that along the day. Um, a little tended a little to the sweet side for my taste, but uh, but still quite a nice place. And and you could oftentimes empty in there, so it was nice to go in and relax.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, and like I said, Portofino's um, under uh, a refurbishment at the moment. I, I think that that you would agree, Terry, that when we were there, um, you know, about a year ago, it, it, it was nice, but the rooms were starting to look a little ragged. You know, the especially the public areas were, were starting to look a, a little worn. Yeah,
2: that's for sure. And and we should have clued into that, in that that would have been the way we could have found our our way to the room is just follow the the footpath in the. <laughs> it it wasn't that bad I'm no kidding, not quite but, that bad
0: but but it was noticeable you could you could see a wear pattern in the rug
2: yeah so it, it's nice to see that they are getting a uh uh the refurbishment that they need
0: yeah um all right well does anybody have anything they want to add about any of the you know amenities of of Portofino Bay or services available there um several restaurants um bars you know all all your standard kinds of things are available there
1: one of the uh, I guess nice things they do have is they have more than one pool so they have the the main pool that has the beach with the zero entry and then they also have two other smaller. I guess more quiet pools.
0: Mm, right. Where Good point.
1: If, if, you, if you just wanted to go and maybe lay out by the pool or something and didn't want the huge crowds of all the kids playing, you know, because there's no water slide at the quiet pools and stuff like that. So it's more relaxed feeling in the, you know, courtyard setting. You know, it's kind of
0: nice. Sure. I agree. That's where, uh, you know, Terry found himself falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was it was busy. Yeah. for those who didn't know, Canadians burn. Um, <laughs> all right, so that's that's Portofino Bay. Um, the maybe go to the the sort of opposite end of the scale, you know, Royal Pacific Resort is the one that had kind of kicked off this round of updates for Universal um, Resort hotels, and um, you know, Chris, maybe talk a little bit about. Overall, the the setup of of Royal Pacific Resort. I mean, you know, the, if if uh, Portofino Bay is very much set up as an Italian village, um, you know, how would you characterize Royal Pacific Resort?
3: Uh, it's definitely a more island themed uh, resort, maybe in lieu of uh, the Polynesian or uh, Caribbean beach resort right. in a way um mostly because i got late as soon as we checked in so uh uh, it was a very it's it's a very nice um i i it was interesting because we we got dropped off by our lift driver and he mentioned right away it was like oh this is a very nice hotel this is this is a really good one i was like oh okay i had no clue because I hadn't been before, and I booked it online, and I didn't know what to expect. And I, out of the big three that offered all these amenities, it was in fact the cheapest. So, of course, we had we went with that option. Um, it overall, when you walk in, I think the the theming of the hotel is is pretty well done. Um, it 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 feels like you're in the islands. I mentioned when we walked in, I was like, oh, feels like we're back in Hawaii almost.
0: Right, right. And that's very intentional, you know, they the, they do a nice job with the design. The the South Pacific is what they're trying to evoke. Um and it's it it's, it seems to me a little ironic almost that um you know Disney's Pacific themed resort, the Polynesian, is a lot of people's sort of fantasy idea of what staying in in the South Pacific is like, frankly, Royal Pacific is a lot closer to what a resort hotel in Hawaii looks like.
3: Yeah. And that, I can definitely attest to that. Um, just because I've actually been there. So, uh, it, it's that, that's what I mentioned to her. I was like, this, this really feels like we're back. And, you know, it almost makes me actually want to go back to the real Hawaii. <laughs> you know? so, um, it was, it was just a really nice feeling. It was a nice relaxing hotel. um, it just – the overall feel definitely felt very, very nice um, for for an on-property um, and not necessarily to be the highest tier, I guess, according to Orlando – or to Universal. So I, I thought it was pretty well done.
0: Sure. Um, and, you know, Dustin, what do you think of, of Royal Pacific? You said usually you would choose Hard Rock. Um, where does Royal Pacific kind of fall in your calculations?
1: Usually, Royal Pacific is the one we end up staying at, just because it's the cheapest. Right. Well, it's not always our, you know, our first choice, but you know, we still love staying there. Just, just has a very relaxed feeling. You know, the, the as soon as in the lobby, they have like the the check-in area, and then they have the huge, almost like rock garden elephant fountain area. So at least it gives the Kids, something to do and look at while we're getting checked in, and you know, it's not. While it is a large resort, I don't feel it's as spread out as some of the other ones. To where everything's all sort of close, closer right. than than say Portofino.
0: You know, to yeah, it is definitely walking. more of a tower. You know, Portofino is more spread out. Yes. Um, Royal Pacific is more of a tower, and, unless you're there for a convention event. Um, cause that is where their convention center is there at, at Royal Pacific as well. And the convention center side is kind of spread out. It's kind of sprawling, but the place where the rooms are is, is more central and, and more vertical.
1: Yeah. The convention center side, I got to walk that whole thing cause, uh, we ordered Amazon prime now for the one trip and it was delivered to the business center of the hotel. Oh, So we had to go down to the. Find the convention area and the business center office. Yes. And then carry all of that stuff back to our room.
0: Yeah. You needed needed a map and a Sherpa. (laughs) Yes. Um, And, you know, it it is, as a couple of people have mentioned, it's the least expensive of of these options. Um, We mentioned the rooms at uh, Portofino, immense, 450 square feet. The rooms at Royal Pacific are 335 square feet. So there's a big difference there in the amount of space in the room. And having, having stayed in those rooms, uh, you know, with the family of four, you know, 335 square feet is a little bit smaller than the rooms at, say, Animal Kingdom Lodge or Wilderness Lodge. So a little bit smaller than the smallest of the deluxe rooms at Walt Disney World, um, and about... 20 square feet larger than a, a Walt Disney World moderate resort room. So the kind of squeeze in between, um, they will allow you to bring a, a rollaway in for the, for a fifth person in the rooms at, at Royal Pacific, but it is a tight squeeze.
1: Uh, yeah. that I wouldn't want to do a room there with five people in a rollaway bed.
0: Yeah. I was almost surprised. I, I was surprised that it didn't violate fire code, frankly. But apparently, it doesn't.
1: And they also have the uh, Jurassic Park kids suites there as well.
0: That's right. That's right. They do. Um, and the the kids suites, interestingly, are are almost the same size as the kids suites at Portofino. Um, so there there may be some good value there um, in terms of you know, upgrading to that that child suite and you know, getting a lot of extra space for not as much additional cost.
2: Cool. Did, I'm just curious. Did either of you uh, take in the luau and just wondering how that, that was? They've got a luau there?
0: Yes, they do.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get, didn't have time for that one. No, that's not something
2: we've ever done.
3: Yeah. It, yeah I was didn't just, want just wondering to,
2: how. how. Uh,
0: well, so I, I, can, I can report on what I've he heard, but my, my wife and kids don't eat pork. So it's hard to do a luau if you don't eat pork. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what I can tell you from from other people who I have heard from who have done it, um, they actually feel like it's it's more more like an authentic luau than the Spirit of Aloha experience at Walt Disney World is. You know, Walt Disney World's show, show is is really more of a show that is built it's, – it's sort of a luau-like show, uh, whereas the um, – okay, I'm going to actually try and pronounce this – the – Wanatilan, Wantilan, Wantilan. The Wantilan Luau um, it is really, you know, it, it's it's a Luau. It's not a, um, a show modeled after a Luau. So they do a nice job with it. Um, and frankly, I didn't even realize this. The pricing is not that bad. Um, because it includes yeah, wine, it looks- beer, and mai tais, even for sixty bucks for adults.
2: Yeah, see that—that's a pretty good price. That's a—that's a—that's cheaper than most of what you'll find on in Hawaii.
0: <laughs> right, uh-huh. right. Well, and and about uh, what about fifteen dollars cheaper than a, a dinner show at Walt Disney World? Yeah, right. Because aren't, aren't most of those right around seventy-five per adult?
2: Yeah, it would be about that I guess. I guess I guess there's the priority seating, you can go with that to bump the price up for Oh yeah. the luau, but but yeah. That looks kinda looks interesting. Yeah. Yeah it is. <laughs>
0: um and you know th- their pool is interesting. Um they they have the, theirs is the swimming pool that has that has, <laughs> that has the, the beached uh seaplane in it.
2: Oh, is that uh, Buffett's? No. No, that one's outside of uh his bar there.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, this one just has it it looks like it's got a seaplane there in, in the um in the pool. And they've got a a really fun um the the kids really loved it. There was a, a water sort of play area. It's like a little fort with water cannons and stuff that the kids uh play on and, and they had a great time with it.
1: Yeah, I know my son loved like basically the Top deck of a ship with all kind yeah. of water, guns, and fountains, and everything spraying water. You yeah, know, that, that's all my son wanted to do while we were there was play on that.
0: Right, and and um, usually Royal Pacific is also where you'll find um, whatever Universal character meal is currently running. Those seem to be kind of a moving target. Um, but when they do have a character breakfast, it's usually at Royal Pacific, um, in, in the restaurant that's, that's usually Jack's. (laughs) It's still Jack's for the, during the character meal, but you know, it, it's, it's a little different and and you do get a, um, character experience. Uh, but like I said, I I hesitate to talk too much about the character meals because my experience has been that they're just sort of a moving target. Um, they're different. Yeah.
3: I've seen. I've seen them even held in the uh, the convention area, yeah, as well.
0: Right, yeah, they've moved them around. They're kind of trying to find the right place for them. Um, I don't know, Dustin, have you tried any of the character meals?
1: No, just because it's always hit or miss. It's not every day of the week. You got to you know line all your calendars up to figure out which day, which (laughs) restaurant, whether it falls for your trip or not. So it's and you know the characters that they typically have are never the you know greatest. So our kids aren't. Clamoring to go see them, so yeah. we just kind of avoided.
0: Well, so we did it. Um, we did it not last summer. We did it a few years ago, I guess now, because um, they were doing a Minions breakfast, and and the interaction with the Minions was actually really good. The kids had a, a great time with the Minions. The only problem is that they thought they were getting this character meal with the Minions, and yeah, the Minions were there, but then we also got a bunch of other random characters, like characters from Hop that my kids had zero interest in showed up <laughs> and they would come by the table. And my son who doesn't like characters mm. in general for character meals or any other character interaction, you know, the characters from hop would come up and he would dive under the table.
3: <laughs> oh dang. My kids would love that. Not no. the diving under the table the characters right. from hop. They would love
0: that. <laughs> no, John was, John was mad. He was mad oh, that they no. came and ruined his breakfast basically. <laughs> oh wow. Cause he was, was perfectly around, like, fine Easter with the minions. Time?
3: Was it around Easter time? Uh no. Nope. See, no. See now that's kinda weird. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. That would it would obviously make more sense if it was around that time. Sure. But. No,
0: it, it's <laughs> just it's like that's who they had scheduled for the day and so that's who showed up. It was kind of weird.
3: Interesting choice.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then I guess they're still continuing to experiment with a superhero character dinner, uh, which I think we would be even more interested in. But again, as Dustin said, we've had a hard time sort of scheduling around it and, and you know, having it nailed down sufficiently that we were willing to plan around it happening.
3: Right. Because it's not like on a set schedule like you see over in Disney.
1: Yeah. Right. And it makes it more difficult if you only have, you know, two days of your trip there to try and... Figure what? out when that's going to happen to adjust your days around it. Exactly. Right, because you're spending a, a, at least what
3: two hours that you know doing that with trying to coordinate getting to the parks and everything else, and it's like it's right. not even worth it.
0: Well, and if you're there yeah, in the mean, off least, season, remember in the off season, um, you know the the universal hours are are substantially less than you'll find at walt disney world i mean it's it's not unusual in the off season for the universal parks to both close by seven o'clock
3: yeah and that's pretty much what i experienced when i went it was like seven or eight o'clock close time but you know the advantage of those character breakfasts is the, or the meals or whatever they're generally a lot cheaper than what you find in disney though well that's true so at least that's the trade at least it's not as much of a hit to the the wallet um afterwards so you could probably get a a little bit of a better value if you get lucky with the characters that you like
0: yeah um all right well unless anybody else has anything they want to add about um world pacific uh, i think we can move on and and talk about hard rock hotel um Hard Rock is, I think for a lot of people, a favorite. I mean, Dustin already mentioned, it's his family's favorite. My family, we've stayed at it. We stayed at it um, our first trip back in 2010. We stayed there. Um, we went back last summer partially because it had just gotten a refurbishment and we kind of wanted to see it and see, you know, the updates to it. Um, and, and we absolutely loved it. Um, space-wise – I was a little surprised. I, I pulled up these these uh room sizes and the rooms are not as big as they feel. They do they they must be doing a really good job with arranging the them because they feel bigger than this. But um the standard room uh at at Hard Rock Hotel is three hundred and seventy-five square feet. So um larger than Royal Pacific, but not as much larger as I expected. I really figured they were probably at least four hundred square feet.
2: Yeah, they do they do feel a bit bigger um than that, for sure. Like that maybe, I dunno, smaller furniture. <laughs> I don't know. But I I my kids were smaller, mind you, when when we stayed there. But but I I remember them actually being fairly spacious.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, and of course, you know, if you can manage to get yourself booked in the uh, Graceland suite, then then there's plenty of room, right? There's only one of them, but it's a 2,375-square-foot, uh, one-bedroom suite. Uh,
2: that, that's what I need.
0: Mean. That, that's bigger than <laughs> my house.
2: I get lost in there.
0: <laughs> so, so, Dustin, talk about some of the reasons that you guys like the Hard Rock so much. I think
1: the you know one, the, the main difference that we like is while you have you know Portofino has the elegance Royal Pacific has more of the laid back feel there's just the energy at Hard Rock you know you walk in they have the rock music playing there's memorabilia all on the walls basically just like if you're going into the Hard Rock restaurant you know the lobby's set up kind of the same way with memorabilia everywhere music playing music playing in the hallways To where there's you just you know get excited going in there you know they're trying to get you happy they uh, when we went the last time they were giving the kids when you checked in blow up uh, guitars to play with and run around so it's just you know get your your trip started off right with the excitement that you feel when you walk in
0: yeah no that's definitely true I think that's a, a really good characterization of it that it's that's where the energy is – it's like they pipe the energy in, right, with the music. Um, And, you know, they really carry it all the way through at hard rock too. It's not just about all the memorabilia on the walls and stuff, which is cool enough. Uh, I I stumbled on this because I had a friend who is a a musician who was staying there, and I was just looking for something cool to do as a surprise for him. Um, So they have a program they call The Sound of Your Stay, and for free, no cost at all. You well, can
1: I guess you, you do have to put a deposit down You have
0: to forward. put in a deposit, but as long as you don't, you know, go all Pete Townsend on it, <laughs> it did not actually cost you anything. And you get to pick from what they call their Fender Guitar Room Service List. And they basically have a catalog of fantastic guitars. And you pick the one you want, and they'll you know, bring it to your room and they give you um, a, a small amp that has headphones in it. So you don't, you're not annoying, you know, every room around you. Uh, but you basically, you know, play the guitar of your dreams for your trip. And if you decide you want to try a different one, you swap it out.
1: Yeah, know it's something, you know, really cool and unique that they do there. Because they they even said they'll offer to where if you even if you've never played before you can still try it out and they'll have in room uh, training videos to help yep. you get started. Yep, absolutely. That was pretty pretty neat.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's really cool. Uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like oh yeah that's why I should have kept taking those guitar lessons, um, because <laughs> that would just be fun.
3: Well, that's definitely something unique. I mean, even the the hotel itself, it's got that nice classic California Spanish style look to it that it it's definitely different than a lot of the other hotels that you, you stay at down there.
0: Yeah, it definitely has a distinctive personality. Um and we really enjoy um the the kitchen restaurant there. Um the conceit of it is apparently that that the whole restaurant is supposed to be, you know, if you were crashing at your, your favorite rock star's home and you went to raid the kitchen at, you know, 4 a.m., that's that's supposed to be the vibe of the restaurant.
3: Hmm. That's not a bad <laughs> – that wouldn't be bad at all.
0: <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of little silliness about it. Um, you know, my daughter loved the fact that the kids' menu is is printed on an oven mitt. <laughs>
2: That's nice. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it just, it's a lot of fun. And it, a lot of it is in the little design details. It just, it's just, it keeps you interested to look at the elements of it all around. And, and the menu is fun too, because it's it, its its familiar food with fun twists on it. Again, because it's as if, you know, you were whipping it up out of not necessarily the ingredients you would expect, but the ones that you would substitute if you were rooting around in the Rockstar's kitchen.
3: Hmm. Interesting. They they have a kitchen sink challenge.
0: Yes, yes, they do. Little
3: little different take on uh peaches and cream. Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly, uh, a kitchen burger, uh one pound of fries, a fried pickle, and a seven layer kitchen sink cake.
0: Yeah, and that slice <laughs> that that slice of seven layer cake—it's like a piece of cake the size of your head.
3: Oh my goodness, it's
0: immense.
3: <laughs> Eat it in thirty minutes or less, and you get it for free.
0: Uh, I, yeah. I would be—I mean, that, your family would have a hard time
3: eating it in Just thirty minutes. Wa- watching you, <laughs> I'd have to pass on that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Uh, anything else about about hard rock that that bears mentioning um one thing is if you're there in that in that sort of off-season time frame right the january to october frame um last thursday of the month they they it's kind of a famous thing they hold their velvet sessions um which they they characterize as a, a rock and roll cocktail party they have some pretty good acts that come in um, on the one hand it can be a cool opportunity to catch you know a uh, um, a musician that you might not have seen solo, you know, performing without the band they usually play with or something like that. Often it's it's somebody who, you know, used to play with a band that that is traveling by themselves. Um and they're, you know, much more reasonably priced. You're going to get a ticket for less than 50 bucks for a, a, an intimate show. Um but on the other hand, it can make the lobby area there outside of the Velvet Lounge a little crazy on the last Thursday of every month between January and October.
3: Yeah. That's fairly early too. So if you're planning on a park day, it's kind of hard if you're trying to go all day, you have to leave early, get ready for that.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. You'd want to do it. Like maybe it's a good thing to maybe do on an arrival day. Right. And if you're coming yeah. in and make it a long weekend and, and come in on Thursday and, you know, catch the show and then enjoy the parks.
3: There you go. Yeah, perfect. Heck, they even have a free or free. <laughs> they have a, a VIP tickets uh, available for the for shows that include uh, specialty drinks, finger foods, and valet parking.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the rough equivalent of uh, uh, you know a dessert party for a fireworks show.
3: <laughs> yeah, it even has a special viewing area with a private bar. So that's. And it's not even that much more than uh, a regular ticket.
0: No, it's not a lot more and they only sell a limited number of them. So it can be a deal.
3: That's pretty nice. Not a, not a bad way to spend the night. If you can make that your dinner, then 55 bucks, you get a show and dinner. I'd do that.
0: All right. Um, so, you know, we've done an overview of, of each of the three hotels and I think we've mentioned, um, you know, the, the most important elements of, of each of them. Um, Anything that you think is important to talk about, about the, the onsite resort hotels there at at universal Orlando that we haven't gotten into at all.
3: I I think when you compare it to, you know, everything you get at Disney where what the only hotel, um, for say magic kingdom you can walk to is contemporary, you know, all the other ones you're, you're taking a lot of transportation here all of these are in reasonable walking distance into the parks and i think that's pretty big uh considering if you're going without uh any other form of transportation um you yeah, know, besides, we should I we should Uber mention you
0: know there was a lot of brouhaha when a few months ago here Walt Disney World announced that they were going to start charging resort guests for parking. Um universal resort guests have been paying for parking since they opened. Um so they they are gonna charge you for parking. It's not inexpensive. So the the fact that everything is really easily accessible on foot, um it, it it makes a difference. It's worthwhile.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean and it's it's an interesting different, or it's an interesting take on uh, when when you think of like the Disney bubble, rather than and then you you look at the Universal bubble, a lot smaller. There's a lot a lot in there, um, but you really don't have to leave their bubble either once you're there if you're on property.
2: Though looking at their parking and transportation notes. You can arrange for Walt Disney World transportation <laughs> through Universal <laughs> Orlando Ticket Center. Fees may apply. <laughs> you don't see that on the, uh, on the Disney side. Disney yeah. side. I, yeah. I was just looking for the for uh, the cost for parking there, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's twenty four dollars per night per yeah. vehicle. Yeah. For yep. For if and you're overnighting. Self parking 33 for ballet. Interestingly, uh day guest parking is twenty-six (laughs) dollars.
0: Right. Well, I mean, at least they're given some benefit for the fact that you're staying in the hotel.
2: Yeah. Big discount. Two (laughs) dollars. You
0: know. (laughs) Two dollars. I want my two (laughs) dollars.
3: Can't even get a churro with that.
2: You know the, these hotels really are the way to see Universal, though. Like the the benefits that they they offer for early access and the express pass, those in themselves are worthwhile. But then you add in the the walking distance, and they're actually really nice hotels. Um, we've always, when we've stayed at Universal, have just sort of done Commando. It, it's the days at the park, and then. Bang, we're, we're out and off site, but looking at what they they have to offer, I kind of feel like you know we should be adding in a uh, a third or fourth day there to actually enjoy enjoy some of what the hotels have to offer.
0: Right. I mean, I think that the more logical comparison, really, is to think about it the way you would think about Disneyland, because um, it's a very similar setup. You've got. Your, your three hotels that are all in, you know, walking proximity to the parks. You've got parks that are easily, um, walkable both from the hotels and from each other. So the whole concept of, of park hopping is, is much, um, simpler. And, and so I think that when you approach universal with kind of that, that mindset, right, a similar mindset to the way you would approach planning for a, a Disneyland vacation, when you're coming yeah. from a, a Disney mindset, um, I think it all kind of falls together more logically.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's more options. You've got the entire universal city walk, just like in Disneyland has downtown Disney. Um, and that's, that's probably why I really, um, uh, enjoy it just because I am a Disneyland guy. So, you know, I can, I could see a lot of similarities with the, with these two setups, um, and and the convenience, uh, with staying on property, uh, just the proximity, the walkability, or, you know, the, um, the riverboat transportation. it's super convenient.
0: Yeah. Good point. Uh, Dustin, anything you would add about, about these, yeah, well, these hotels?
1: Something we didn't mention with the express is you get it the day you check in and the day you check out. So essentially you can get it for two days, right. While you're there. So oh even yeah. If you, I'm glad if you, you mentioned can't that. afford, can't, maybe can't afford to stay at one of these, your whole stay, you can do a split stay and just go check in first thing in the morning get your express for that day, and then you'll have it that full day and the, and the full next day, which, you know, really helps out if you you can only spend one night, you get your two days of express. That's a heck of a deal. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. That, that is an excellent
2: point because that's what saved that one trip I alluded to before where where we were supposed to fly in uh, and our plane didn't land here in Kelowna to take us out. So we were... We didn't leave until 16 hours later, um, so we got in first thing in the morning. Um, you know, we lost our night at the hotel, but that was that was fine. But with that express pass, we were still able to pack in everything we wanted to do at at that time uh, at Universal in in two days. Um, that that's the benefits of these hotels is you can really pack it in, and you know now with volcano bay there that's probably a third day
0: but yeah sure one other thing worth mentioning we we started talking a little bit about um transportation you know there isn't any place at universal that offers free resort transportation from the airport like disney does um but universal does have a a couple of transportation options that they make available um that are kind of interesting and, and unique um different than what what is available Across Orlando, on the other side, um, their their Superstar Shuttle service is a really nice service because, unlike Magical Express, where y- you've got to trek all the way across the airport to find them, um, the stu- the Superstar Shuttle service they will come and meet you, um, and you get sort of a more uh, uh, you know personal. Experience right. They'll come and meet you. They have your your travel um, your documents sort of in a nice little folder. They give you the documents in person right there. Uh, it's just a, a a nice way to get started. Um, and and that you know is a, a round trip shuttle service. They do charge for it, but uh, it, it's not exorbitant price wise. It's pretty competitive with your other options. Um, and then the, the other unique one is uh, what they call their Take-Two shuttle service, um, which is the service you use when you want to combine it with a Disney vacation, right? You don't need to waste the fact that you've got Magical Express available to you. You just use Magical Express for one way or the other, and then Universal can fill in with the Take-Two transportation that they offer. And so you can use it either direction. Um, you can, If you want to start at Universal, you can take – the Universal shuttle will pick you up at the airport, take you to Universal. When it's time to transfer over to Disney, the Take-Two shuttle will take you from your Universal resort to your Disney resort, and then you can take Magical Express back. Or the other way around, you take your Magical Express on arrival, Take-Two shuttle will pick you up and bring you to Universal, and then from Universal back to the airport. So, you know, they're doing what they can to make it as convenient as possible for people to, to make those choices.
2: Yeah, that's cool. I didn't didn't know they that was uh, available and I as you're talking I was trying to find it on the site and I don't I don't see it. They need to make their web make that uh <laughs> more readily apparent on their on their site for
0: yeah, I mean, uh, when it comes to to vacation package elements, um they don't necessarily market them well. Um if you look under the vacation packages section on their website, I think you'll find a little bit more of it. You you kind of have to drill down to it. Um they kind of expect the the travel trade to carry the water for them on uh, explaining, you know, how how these elements work and and you know, how you can can leverage them. Speaking of, there's a new Canadian resident vacation package available. Hint, hint.
2: I, I just saw that. Yeah. <laughs> it looks uh, like Terry's
3: got a future trip coming up here real soon there, Aaron.
2: <laughs> it has to be used by the end of December. Oh, like, look at if that.
3: Perfect. If it was, uh, roll, it, roll it right in with DDCC7.
2: Well, that's the problem. There's 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 a long time between December 31st and DDC six.
3: Ah, uh, that's true. It is later this year,
2: so yeah, next year. yeah,
0: but it's winter. That's when you flee Canada anyway. There
2: you go. I know. I know. I know. I, I'm I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All constantly. right. Well, after we're done recording, I'll 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 pull that Galapagos information again. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've played out our topic here. Um, <laughs> you've heard more than you probably want from us. We'd love to hear from you. You can email your thoughts to us at podcast at Visit our blog, disdads.com. Tweet us at disdadspodcast on Twitter. Or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash disdadspodcast. Until next time, I've been Aaron Ripmaster with Chris Papchek.
1: Good night, DizDads.
0: Dustin Hurts.
1: It's been fun, DizDads.
0: And the cold hating Canadian, Terry Hawkins.
1: Good night, y'all.
0: <laughs> Our outro music is Whiskey on the Mississippi by Kevin McLeod. Kevin makes his song available on Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution. Here's your attribution. Thanks for the music, Kevin.